Greetings, everyone. Chief Yuya here. And, uh, of course, this is the Chief Yuya podcast. And we are touching upon episode 66. And uh, I'm going to forewarn you all, this may be an episode that may be a bit triggering for those of you who are, um, who have certain um, food uh, associations or associations with health and self-care because that's what we're going to kind of be dealing with a little bit today just uh, some of the ways that we can begin to take back uh, our health and take back uh, some of the things that we may have relinquished in terms of our own personal responsibility to our physical vessel you know um, I had a great conversation with someone today it was, it was a very peaceful exchange. I was on FetLife, and um, I was having a, a, someone had po- had uh, a young lady had posted something in regards to um, just her difficulty with finding black men who you know would would be interested in engaging in in a dynamic with her. Now, of course, you know if you're on FetLife, then. Your, your dynamic, your pool is already pretty, you know, it's, it's smaller than the average anyway because you're probably, you know, someone who has an alternative perspective of view of, you know, love relationships or sexual relationships, so forth and so on, right? Um, so you already got a difficulty there. And then, you know, you have to find someone who uh, is really authentic about what they say they do. They're not just, you know, looking for attention or just looking for people to, have freakathons with you know and posturing themselves as something they're not so it's you know I, I know for a lot of people who uh and and i can only imagine for women uh it must be a very treacherous sort of terrain to have to traverse you know but one of the things that she had said that caused me to ask question of her she had spoke about fat phobia and how many black men suffered from fat phobia so I had asked her um, if she wouldn't mind expounding on what that, you know, what, what those symptoms look like. You know, like how, how would you distinguish someone who had a fat phobia versus a preference for people who were not fat? You know, and, you know, she, she went on to, to explain, and I may have asked a question or two after that, because I'm all about clarity. And, and like I, I said, even with her, like even if I don't agree with your perspective, um, I think it's important that we seek for understanding, you know, among each other, just as, as people, you know, so that way we can render the proper respect to each other. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those, um, I'm going to treat you the way I would like to be treated because sometimes we don't treat ourselves well, you know, so I'm going to treat you the way you would like to be treated. And I would like you to treat me the way I would like to be treated. And you can, you can learn that, you know, by observation by responsible questioning and responsible action afterwards. So, you know, we, we got into it a little bit as far as like what it, what it meant, what it looks like. <clears throat> she gave some, some examples. And one of the things that I shared with her is that what, what she's describing, not to take away from what she was saying, but what she's describing sounds more like a fat missia, which I've never heard anyone use that term, but we're making up words left to right nowadays, so why not, right? And, um, you know, Amicia is, is a hatred. 
whereas a phobia is actually a mental condition. You know, it's, it's, it's a condition like any other sort of mental ailment that people may suffer with, you know, when you have a phobia. So a lot of times, and I'm, I'm not saying that she was or anything. A lot of times people throw that word phobia around, but that's as destructive as throwing the word crazy around, you know, because it's, it's at that level. Whereas a missia is, um, you know, it, it just means I hate something. It's a Greek word. It means hate or hater or someone who has a hatred for something. You may have heard that um, word before, like if you look at uh, misandry or misandria, you know, or uh, which is basically a hatred of men. You know, that on or andre means means man, you know, on. And then the mist in that is the hatred, you know, or misandrous or misandrous. You know, someone who is completely dedicated to the hatred of men. You have even um, a misanthrope, you know, or someone may say like this, this is misanthropic. And it's just a hatred for people, you know, that anthro is in the middle there, you know, like, you know, anthro, <laughs> like, like people, you know, and uh, that's a, that's a person who just pretty much hates and has a distrust for all people, just for kind of like, all mankind they just have no faith in in people or men or whatever so you know i was sharing in that sense it it seems like the description that i hear and not just as it pertains to fatness but other things as well um a lot of times it sounds more like a hatred than a fear you know like no one uses the word um homomysia which would be like I I don't like what's the same, you know. Homo just means same, you know. But they'll say homophobic, and again, like I said, as soon as you say someone has a phobia, I mean people people um, undergo therapy to cure themselves of phobias. It's 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 just that deep, you know. So to and and a phobia is is typically something that's uncontrollable. You know, not only is it is it irrational and it's like a fear, a lasting fear, like, you know, uh, arachnophobia. I have this long term fear of of spiders and being around spiders may cause me to have a panic attack or being around uh, spiders may um, cause me to feel like I'm in great danger when there is no danger. The, the spider may be running away from me, but because I have this phobia, um, I feel like. You know, I may have this severe reaction. Sometimes the reaction is mild, but it may it may be severe as well. And there there are about twenty million people in the United States who suffer from different types of phobias. And sometimes it you know, they're brought on this genetic factors that, you know, involve phobias, there's environmental factors. And um a lot of times if you talk to different psychologists and psychiatrists, it's difficult they'll tell you what a phobia is very difficult to pinpoint where it, you know, where, where it may have began, you know, where that first encounter is, but they try to find out to sort of, uh, unravel it to see wh where that fear of that object or certain type of situations may come from, you know, and there are, there are certain characteristics that are associated with phobias, you know, um, and for some, like, if you get into more like, um, CBT or what we call cognitive behavioral therapy, there's more like they'll expose you to that particular thing 
and dosages so you can start to create a more rational um, relationship with it, you know, or even if you have like a social phobia, you know, and that may happen when you have to meet people or you're around an authority figure or you have to use like a public restroom, stuff like that. And th there's, there's so many different um, sorts of, of phobias, you know. But the, the point I'm saying is that, because this is not a segment about phobias per se, uh, the point I'm saying is that oftentimes what I hear, what's classified as a phobia in terms of relationships or, or in terms of attraction to me is not phobic coming from a, a more medical and scientific perspective, it's usually a preference. <laughs> or if it's not a preference, it's a dislike. Or maybe if it's not a dislike, it might be a hatred for, you know, which which are just not the same, you know, thing. Like, I, I can have acrophobia. And if I have acrophobia we know that it needs to be approached differently than if someone just says, oh, you're homophobic. And an acrophobia is someone who has a fear of heights, you know, just so you know, you know, or um, a maxophobia, a maxophobia as someone who has a fear of riding in cars, you know, like this, there's so many phobias. You got megalophobia. I know a woman years ago who had uh, megalophobia and that's a fear of large objects. Like she had a fear of boats and like planes, you know, anything that was huge would kind of cause her to start having panic attacks. You have microphobia, people who are very afraid of, of small things. You know, there's, there's so many, um, trick, trichophobia. Trichophobia is a person who has a fear of hair. A lot of times people who suffer from that, they'll pull all their hair out. Right. So, um, Go on and on. Zoophobia. Zoophobia persons has a fear of um, animals. You know, uh, I knew someone who had um, captotrophobia. That's a person who's who's afraid of mirrors, right? So with all with all of this, like these are these are phobias that are like serious. You know, like not to say that you know someone who's homophobic it's it's not a serious thing, but you know, <laughs> the average person who may be uh, offended, you know, by um, and just just so you know, like also from the medical perspective, I know my studies of psychology over the years and um, different forms of therapy. Homophobia has never come up like that's never been um, <laughs> that's never been a thing. You know, that's not something that is scientifically or medically classified you know so it may be now be, and that's only because of you know where we are but um you know i remember gynophobia which is a fear of women you know but um never homophobia or even fat phobia right so sometimes what happens is that people begin to put certain labels on thing they 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 get a they get a word you know and they they kind of run with it i there was a going to the fat one i know there's a obesophobia and that's a, a lot of times people who have eating disorders may have obesophobia and that's a fear of gaining weight not like 
you hate fat people, you don't like, or obese people rather, or you don't like obese people, you hate them, but I'm just afraid to become one per se, or afraid of, you know, obesity, which that's not that irrational to me, to be honest with you, depending on how it's, it's approached. So, you know, having the conversation with the young lady, you know, and again, I'm not taking away anything from what she was sharing or her perspective on why, uh, what she classified as black men may have an issue with her, you know, but again, understanding is the best part, you know, so you don't have to agree with people. They don't agree with you who like, that's crazy. You just, you know, it's beautiful to be able to understand for me. I don't know. I don't want to put it on anyone else. I like understanding different perspectives. That's something that I enjoy. I'm not one who, um, I'm not super social where I'll go out and like, Hey, what are you into? Or what are you? I'm not one of those type of people. So sometimes understanding of different perspectives for me also, also happens in a very passive way in the sense that I may just observe you. You know, and, and learn about you that way. I don't always usually ask questions, but I, I felt compelled to ask, you know, when she said, well, a lot of black men have fat phobia. And it, especially because like, you know, I, I'm, you would probably classify me as a black man and I don't, I don't have a phobia, you know, as it pertains to fatness. I don't have an irrational fear. I don't even have a, a misia, a hatred. A fatness in that sense, you know, so, uh, I like to understand more, you know, but it, it, the conversation, like I said, it, it led to some other things and, you know, we, it was, it was very productive in the sense that, you know, I wasn't trying to preach or teach or anything, you know, but I just, I did share like, well, that sounds more like a missia and not taking away from people who just don't want to be with fat people. You know, I think people, uh, are allowed to have that preference. I don't think there's anything wrong with that preference is people don't want to be with skinny people, you know? Um, so I think there's preference that also comes into play. Number one, number two, I think sometimes the thing to look at is what comes along with fatness. You know, it's not just that a person may be fat, but why are you fat? You know, because we, we could use the word fat, but we could also use the word obese, obese. And then we could speak about the things that are associated with obesity in terms of of health and not only just health but i mean overall chronic conditions you know like you will probably snore more you smell different you know um you may have more gas you know uh, there's there's a lot of things that come along with it maybe the inability to perform certain activities things like that so the preference may not be per se i don't like fat people it may be i don't like people who you know, um, maybe have some level of, of body dysmorphia as I perceive it. Not because of, and the reason I say that as I perceive it, because from a social perspective, who's to say who's supposed to look like what, right? You know, um, so it, I think it's nuanced and it, it made me think about a few things. Well, like I said, it was a healthy exchange as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you know, and, um, I don't agree with what she was saying, but, um, I do understand. And, and, and when you're in that position and you feel like there's a segment of the population that you would like to interact with and enjoy and they, 
again, I don't know. Let's just say they hate you. We'll use like her, her idea. They hate you because you're fat. Um, obviously, that's that's got to be a hurting thing, you know, to to try to come to terms with and deal with. And even if I may say, well, I don't think that's true. I think society has has pushed certain ideas in your head. And one of the things we're in a social setting where we're taught to accept certain things so that we can accept other things. <laughs> and there's been agents of that over the years. Like years ago was Monique Parker. I don't know if her last name. Not I don't know if her last name is Parker, but Monique, the comedian Monique, right? And um. When it went from Monique, then it, it became Lizzo, you know, in, in all these different, it's never a man, <laughs> you know, it's never a man that says, yeah, I'm, you know, 400 pounds. I'm, I'm five, eight and 400 pounds, but I'm big and beautiful. Love me, love me, love me. That's comical. We, you know, they make movies about people like that called the nutty professor, you know, but when it's a, it's a woman, you're supposed to look at that and say it's beautiful. And if you say, I don't want that, then you're, you're classified as something instead of maybe I just don't want that, <laughs> you know, but it's okay for a woman to say, uh, I don't want a man under six feet tall or he's got to have at least, he's got to be packing at least eight to nine inches. And, you know, he's got to be making at least six figures minimal. And, you know, she can have all these different pres- uh, preferences and we don't say that she's height phobic, you know, or she's um, penis phobic. You know, she's financially phobic. We just say, okay, those are her preferences. But if I say the same thing, I don't want no fat woman and I don't want no broke woman, you know, and I don't like short women. I don't like anybody under five, five or five, six. Then it's like, I'm a pig. I'm a, you know, I'm a chauvinist and all of these different things and women are beautiful. I was listening to something recently where a caller had called in. Uh, Rodin rather and was speaking about how her husband doesn't find her vagina beautiful even though she does and the host on the segment were like going off like well what the heck is wrong with him and vaginas are awesome and they're gorgeous and he wants to have sex with you all the time but he doesn't like looking at doesn't think it's beautiful and, and I'm like this is so stupid I'm a man personally who don't find I, I don't find vaginas beautiful I don't think they, I, I think they're pretty crazy looking, to be honest with you. Um, some are better than others. <laughs> you know, not all vaginas are created equal, but of course we're not allowed to say that because the sexual pressure is always put on the man. He's got to perform. He's got to be the Olympic athlete in bed no matter what age. And a woman doesn't really have to do anything. Why? Because she's just awesome. And some women are horrible in bed. Some women, they have vaginal walls that just have nothing happening there. It's just a big, long, it's like, it's like throwing a freaking toothpick into the bat cave. You know, you're just not hitting anything, you know, so that's just the reality of, of the situation. But even me speaking like that, I know is, is I probably have a phobia or maybe. I hate women or my mother didn't love me or whatever <laughs> they'll come up with, you know, but as you can make comments and have suggestions and ideas and preferences, we do too. It's just that we live in a society where men have been kind of um, silenced in a sense like that, you know, through these, these different terms and, and, and ideas, you know, and I appreciate every woman out there who has uh amazing vagina. 
thank you. <laughs> thank you for all the adventures that we have shared. You know, and for the ones who don't, hey, it is what it is. You know, you work on other things. Get, you know, your personality. <laughs> you know, learn how to tie massage. You know, this this other thing. Just like, you know, a guy who may be really small. I'm sure he learns other things. And women will say that way. He can use his mouth, you know. Or women who love um, to have intercourse. Or not, it's not really intercourse. But love to titillate other Body openings may say, well, I prefer a smaller man because it doesn't hurt as much. Okay, cool. You know, so there's, there's always alternatives, but to kind of make these blanket statements like, you know, oh, vaginas are beautiful. Nah, not really. They aren't. And I'm sure all, you know, I don't know, but I'm sure women, when they look at testicles and scrotums, they don't just say, oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> I'm sure some look better than others. You know, it, it, it is what it is, right? But we have to learn to appreciate ourselves, right? So with all of that uh, being said, and like I said, I, I warned you, this may be a triggering episode for some of you who are, um, I don't know, I guess really weak. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, right? I wanted to speak a little bit about health, right? Because, like I said, we're, we're kind of, we live in a society where we're compelled and and um, I would say coerced into acceptance. And I saw it years ago. Like, when I say years ago, I remember in the 90s. I was going to sound like, I was just related to that, that, that. I remember back in the 90s, there was two prominent radio stations. One in particular, but two prominent radio stations in New York. Back when people listened to the radio. And they started playing mu music of the 60s and the 70s. And I was like, okay. I remember one day I was, I think I was at, at my barbershop. I was cutting and I'm, we had to, I had the radio on. And I was like, this is some BS, man. Like every five minutes they're playing what's going on. You know, I just, I'm like, this isn't even really music of the sixties and the seventies. Like it was some amazing groups that came out in the sixties and the seventies. And you just keep playing. The Temptations and Marvin Gaye and Smokey Robinson and like that's like that's the only those A side hits were the only ones that came out during that era. As much, I mean, that was like a, a golden era of music. As much amazing music that came out at that time, you keep playing these same exact songs over and over. And one of the things that hit me around that time, this might have been, yeah, it's probably around the time of Million Man March. So it's like mid nineties, ninety five. I was like, yeah, they're preparing us for more brutality i remember saying that one day and what well, heck i guess he's he's younger than i am now but one of my barbers was like an old head but hey well i guess that's what i am too but uh i remember i said it to him he was like man you know you're right he was like because yeah man it was he was you know recalling some things and you know from when he was younger and coming up and you know errors before and he was like that kind of makes some sense i was like yeah they're, they're getting us ready for what's coming down the pipeline now of course for me the pipeline was y2k that was the big thing like y2k hits man it's gonna be you know jetpacks flying in the air and <laughs> tanks in the street and you know um but nonetheless i noticed the same thing again when like this like Monique and certain other women 
came out after that and it was like and the term bbw and the term thick got crazy you know we always use thick but we knew what thick was half the time a woman who you would say was thick was an athlete i knew women on a track team who were thick you know what i mean i knew women who played different sports like softball they were thick you know but thick just became like she's fat but she looks like she's not fat in her jeans because she's able to stuff herself into her jeans so she's she's thick that's not thick though right so i started seeing these different terms come up bbw then ssbbw supersized bbw i'm like man this is crazy you know like so we don't say fat anymore we just say big you know and i saw okay you're preparing us for something and of course there's a there was a of course you are there's a larger agenda there because now if you're if you're dictating to me what i'm supposed to find attractive then you can later squeeze something else into a pair of jeans and say that if I don't like this too, something's wrong with me. Because you've defined it. If you're defining what's beautiful to me, then eventually you'll have the audacity to define what a woman is to me. And then you'll tell me I'm supposed to like that woman. Even though we don't just call that woman a woman, there's a, something that comes before their name. You see, we say it's a transformer woman. Or why don't you just say woman? Because you know it's it's a transformer woman. It's something different. But I just want the regular. I'm old school. Just give me plain. I want the, I want the plain one. You know, no toppings. You, you know. So, um, it's a it's an agenda, right? It's 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 all a part of a of an agenda to get you to accept things that you should not accept. Um, and it, and that's only one part of it. Because now if I'll accept this as being a woman. Then what else will I accept in terms of my engagement dynamics and interaction? You see, I was reading an article recently, um, medical article. They just finally created, uh, the first embryo. They were able to synthesize, uh, uh, I think it's a, it's a sheep, if I'm not mistaken. They finally were able to synthesize a, a full embryo, right? Uh, and I'm saying they, I don't mean to seem cryptic, but I have to pull up the article actually, because it was, um, I'm trying to remember what, what medical team, what scientific team actually did it. it it'll come to me, but actually, no, let me, I'm, I might've, uh, I think I saved the article. I still save articles. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. I knew I had it. Uh, yeah. Scientists create world's first synthetic embryo. And these were researchers that used stem cells from, it was mice, to form uh, embryo structures within an intestinal tract. And they were able to create uh, a brain as well as a, a heart that was actually beating. And they were at the Wiseman Institute in Israel. So um, so they used these mice and they created a, a beating heart. They created a brain. And um, they did all of this within an intestinal tract without without having fertilized eggs. So, you know, now they're developing more tissues and more organs, you know, and um, yeah, to be able to generate an entire embryo and a yolk sac surrounding it, you know, with the placenta and everything is huge. That's huge. You know, they're, they're, when I say they, <laughs> the scientists at the Weizmann Institute in Israel, 
are now able to create or soon will be able to create rather let me not you know be hyperbolic but we'll soon be able to create whole beings if you will you're creating something that has a beating heart and a brain um you, you're almost there you know so what else will you what else are you going to get me to accept soon as being me <laughs> you know like oh you're just like me because look you have a beating heart and a brain and you're standing on two feet and you're speaking english okay you're like me i mean i know for me as a as an original man there's always been um this this insidious effort to get me to accept that i'm just like everybody else and i know i'm not just like everybody else i know i'm different you know i know that my group of people are different and i celebrate that and i've always been taught to ignore that when it counts <laughs> you know when it counts oh color doesn't matter it doesn't yeah come on i don't see color baby see color what are you talking about and it's not just color my body looks different than yours <laughs> My lips look different. My voice sounds different than yours. My nose is different. My muscles are different than yours. You know, like we could just keep going. You know, it's not just color. We are different. And that's cool. I celebrate diversity. So I, I wanted to speak about some of the things again in terms of our personal health that we may accept that are causing us problems and, you know, you know, you, you might want to address it. You know, I'm, I'm not giving anyone any sort of medical advice or, or, um, any type of, it, uh, guidance in terms of that. But I just wanted to maybe share a couple of things that maybe you might not be aware of, or maybe you are, but just haven't gotten on recently. And, you know, there, there are so many issues right now in terms of health and what I call scientific tyranny that if you've been thinking about getting on top of um, your health, <laughs> I would say now is a really good time to start to maybe divert some of your budget. You know, maybe if you have like an entertainment budget, you know, I go to the movies and I do this. Maybe it's a good time now to take a little bit of that and say, okay, well, I'm going to take a portion of that and I'm going to maybe get some supplements or get some teas that I'm going to take all the time or up my elderberry fund, you know, or get some of the plastic out of my house. You know, there's so many different things. But, um, again, just, just a suggestion. But, you know, you, you do what, what you feel is best. And it may just be, I am going to text more and get off of my, stop speaking on the phone so much to reduce my exposure to radiation. Now, I know that may be difficult if you have what they call nomophobia. <laughs> So nomophobia is the fear of being without your mobile phone. That's a real phobia, you know. So in that case, it, you know, maybe a little, you might have a certain routine and maybe hard for you to um, get away from that phone in a way that you would like to. But I wanted to first speak about food because right now we're we're in a time where um, people, you know, it's, up north, it's the summer season, and there's a lot of cookouts and parties and stuff going on right now. And uh, people are eating. They're eating good. <laughs> eating good and barbecuing and, you know, having fish fries and 
all the stuff that goes along with that that hot summer fun and and I'm definitely not here to ruin that for anyone that's that's not my my intention this is not a everybody needs to be a vegan conversation or everybody needs to eat raw food conversation you know I I'm an advocate where I eat primarily raw most of the time I I go back and forth I go all over the place sometimes with it depending on how I feel but um I'm not a 100% raw advocate you know because there are certain times when it's it's healthy it to or, or we need uh certain foods to be broken down with a little heat sometimes um but again that's it's per person because it depends on what kind of food you're eating at the same time i think uh uh having a balance of raw and cooked is best at least for me for some people they're 100% raw it works for them you know but you you have to kind of understand your constitution to know what to know what works for you and you know um it's also seasonal for me too and i think maybe for other people too some sometimes i'm like man all year i just want raw i don't want anything cooked i look at cooked food i'm like ugh I'm not eating that <laughs> you know and then there's other other times where it's like man i need some soup i need me some freaking soup you know, or I need me a nice baked yam with some pepper sauce. I need that, <laughs> you know, and then it, uh, it'll be like, man, if I eat that baked yam, my stomach ain't going to be a digest. I can't mess with that, man. I, I, I don't want to, you know, I just maybe I have some steamed pumpkin and, you know, maybe I don't even want the steamed pumpkin. Maybe I'm just on some, you know, I just want some avocado and put that in some nori sheets, nori wrap with some cucumber you know, and, and hook hook that up a little bit. I, that's all I want, you know. So it, it vacillates, you know. And if you're aware of your, your body scope, like your horoscope, you'll understand that, yeah, man, it, it goes up and down. Like sometimes this is what's best, sometimes that's what's best. What's best, it may be seasonal. You know, I had a, a good brother. He's still a good brother of mine. But every winter, he's he's vegetarian, but every winter he eats fish. And he's, he's always say, yeah, I need that fish to tighten my system up. You need it to tighten you up. Fish in the wintertime is good. Okay. I don't technically, I never knew what tighten your system up means, <laughs> but it works for him. Do your thing, you know, so, uh, everybody knows how they get their best energy and taste out of what, what it is that they, they want to eat. Not everybody. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that because that's not true. A lot of people don't know. So I'm having this conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to keep as much of the enzymes and nutrients in your foods as you possibly, as you possibly can. And, um, a lot of times, even in the winter, like just dried, dried fruit and dried vegetables are good to keep up your mineral content during the winter. But you got to make sure it's unsulfured. Not, not that, cause most, like you go to most, um, supermarkets, whatever you look for the dried fruit or trail mix, it'll show you. It'll say right there, sulfur dioxide. You leave that alone. That stuff is no good. So, um, if you can, and I know it, it takes effort and time, it's best to just dehydrate your own, you know, apples and your own papaya, your own pear, and your own pineapples and mangoes, and your own cucumbers and whatever else you like. Um, if you can't find it without the sulfur, because sometimes even just getting it without the sulfur is so freaking expensive 
He's just like, man, I could have just took my money and bought a dehydrator <laughs> and just made as much of this as, as I want, you know. Um, so just, you know, as a, as a side note, of course. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not going off on a like, don't, don't eat any, any, any cooked food or anything. You know, sometimes you need the destruction of those anti-nutrients when you cook. Cause that's what happens when you cook. It, you, um, you know, you, you break down those anti-nutrients and it makes it easier for you to eat certain things. Like, you know, when you steam vegetables and, or you make a vegetable soup and you break down those cellulose walls, um, it, it alters the cellular structure of that actual plant. Um, but it also makes it so that fewer enzymes are needed for you to actually digest the plant. You know, so in that sense, it's, it's good. You know, if, you, if you're heating up certain things that you want to break down that food, whatever. Of course, raw food is um, great for like digestive efficiency, you know, um, and just kind of normal bowel function, if you will. But um, when you get into like your baking, like as I'm saying, we are now with the, we're in the fry and barbecue season. When you kind of get into those other high heat cooking modalities and methods that kind of damage the food, you know, from uh, acrylamides and those acrylamides become carcinogenic, you know, um, just those high, it's good if you can to avoid them as much as you possibly can. Um, Steaming and stewing, using pressure cookers and stuff like that. Uh, they don't have the same effect. They don't brown foods in a way that create the acrylamides, you know. So um, I know that's tough because right now we're in barbecue season. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, something is interesting. This may or may not work for you. I don't know. I watch a lot of um, cooking reviews. Like I've, I've never watched Anthony Bourdain. I haven't gotten around to it yet. But I've watched, I watched like all the children of Anthony Bourdain, if you will. I, I am, I've, I, I'm always, uh, interested in what people eat, what they eat in different places around the world, how they prepare their food and the different tastes that they want in their mouth and stuff like that. And 90% of the stuff that I want, I would not eat. Some stuff I just have to turn off. Like sometimes I'll watch something and they just going too crazy with the seafood and I'll be like, all right, enough. Enough is enough. I can't keep watching you choke down the, all these prawns and crabs, you know, because it's just like, ugh. <laughs> you know, sometimes people go too crazy with the pork. But I also watched those things as well. I think years ago as a father, um, I took a lot of time to learn how to make food. M- more so when my, when my youngins started going out and being around other youth more. I knew that there was going to be a competition that was going to ensue at some point. I remember taking one of my youth to daycare once. And, you know, the other children had like, well, one child had like chicken McNuggets. Their mother bought it. And my child coming back like, yo, why I can't get chicken McNuggets? You know, because, of course, that child pulls it out and all the children are like, ooh. And I'm like, baby, no, that's that's peasant food. And I, and I literally, I, that's what I literally said. I said, we're royalty. We don't eat like that. You know, and I had to explain, but I also then 
was like, all right, we got to learn how to make, like, we got to make our stuff better, better looking, more colorful, even tastier than that garbage, you know? So I think from then forward, I just got into this thing where I just started watching a lot of um, different comfort food chefs. I look at how they season and stuff like that. And like, I don't make any of that. Like I don't barbecue or ribs and stuff like that but i just pay attention to like what kind of taste people like what they you know what they enjoy whatever i don't it's more entertainment than anything else at this point to be honest with you but um nonetheless i watch a lot of barbecue stuff and, and, and to me that's just i think i just like the sport of it it's not even i'm not interested in, in anybody's barbecue at all you know, I, I will definitely throw some portobello mushrooms on there and a heartbeat. I like burgers, you know, but <laughs> not the kind of burgers that anybody who's at a barbecue would be interested in. They'd be like, get that crap off the grill. You messing up the smoke consistency. You know, I'll definitely throw some jack jackfruit, you know, and some 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 um mushrooms, you know, and and a yam and a heartbeat, you know. But even that is not really healthy, but you know, the thing about when you're barbecuing, I wanted to kind of touch upon that, too, because this is the, sea, tis the season, is that you tend to create chemicals that can cause genetic mutations from the high heat. Because once you, you create those mutations and there's unrestricted cell growth, that signals cancer. Okay, so barbecuing is cancerous. You know, those grills get really, really hot. You know, a lot of times you're grilling at about 600 degrees upwards of 600 degrees, especially when you want your meat well done. And you create these chemicals that are known as um, heterocyclic um, amines and or HCAs for sure. Sometimes you'll see HCAs and those form inside of the food. And there are HCAs that are connected or related to certain cancer risks, you know, so when you're eating meat, especially that's very well done, well done, or or very well done at high, high, um, high temperatures, excuse me, you increase your your chances of of colorectal cancer by like eighty five percent, you know, um, and then you have the smoke. You know, some people they get into the smoking, right? They smoke their meats, and there's a certain flavor that comes with smoked meats and stuff like that, and you know, you want that fat from the meat to kind of drip onto the hot coals because when the fat drips onto the coals, it brings up another flavor in the steam, right? I know all this from watching this, watching these these shows of these big gigantic men <laughs> in St. Louis and Kentucky and stuff, you know, with these oil drums and they, you know, I dry rub. You use dry rub. You rub. You put the right kind of season on it. You don't need all that sauce. The sauce is it when you don't season properly. You know, I know, I know all this stuff. <laughs> you know, um, but what happens is that when that fat drips onto the hot coals those burning uh the burning fat it causes smoke to curl around the flute of the food it curls around it is, is what we call they have flare-ups and then what happens is that that smoke itself um contains benzopyrene and benzopyrene is like a, a car carcinogen that's in animals and it 
in particular, like more directly, it affects your gastrointestinal tract. You know, so um, you have really high levels of, of benzopyrenes in foods that are well done, like barbecue foods, whether it be like steaks, um, when you have chicken with the skin on it, hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, things like that. And um, these benzopyrenes, they're called, they used to be called mutagens. They changed the name. Back in the days, the Japanese showed that, this was like in the 70s, late 70s, the Japanese had showed that um, the mutagens would cause a change in the genetic structure of the DNA of the meat, and it would cause tumors, right? So, you know, I guess mutagen, it, it, you know, when you hear that, it just it doesn't sound good. I want barbecue. I want barbecue, you know, so... They stopped using some of these terminologies, but um, you have that. And then you have like uh, deep frying, which is another thing that's big. I watch a lot of um, who's got the best fried chicken, who's got the best fried chicken sandwich. You know, I watch a lot of those segments, too. Uh, and I think a part of me, I, I got to be honest, because I don't eat those foods. It's the it's a way for me to digest them because I would eat those foods in a heartbeat just so you could be. You know how hard, how long my heart beat, clogging up my arteries, all that stuff, right? So for you to be very clear, I'm not one of those those healthy eaters who does not understand how good ribs taste, and who does not understand how how good macaroni done properly is. <laughs> you know, so just just to be clear, like I I I know. You know, I'm not one of them like, wouldn't you rather have some broccoli? <laughs> broccoli is way better than that seafood boil. Mm, nah, it's not. Not really. You know, as, as far as taste, I'm, I'm clear. You know, or like, you don't need no fried chicken wings. I made some, some buffalo cauliflower, fly cauliflower wings. It, yeah, but it doesn't really, mm, it's, mm, you need the bones in there. I appreciate you putting the, the wooden sticks in there to make me feel like I'm eating a chicken drum, but I don't even like that part. I don't like the drum, you know. So you get to a point for me. I'm I'm one of those people. It's like don't I don't need all the vegan versions of stuff that I'm not supposed to eat. Any I don't need a whole bunch of vegan burgers and stuff like. Well, I like burgers, but it's just the easiness of it. You know, you can get real creative with it. But you know, I'm not one of people. It's like give me the vegan macaroni and cheese. It's usually nasty. It's usually nasty. You know, and, it, and it, yeah, we use cashew cheese. Yeah, well, it's not supposed to. <laughs> it's not supposed to have cashew cheese. It, it, just leave it alone. We don't need to eat that. Let's just eat something else. There's there's so many other things we can eat. You know, so some things just don't translate well. I've had, um, well, I've had it on the table. I didn't eat it, but somebody else ordered it. Uh, vegan. It was a fish dish, and I'm like, I know that's gonna be wrong. Like, don't even order that. I already know it's wrong. Like, there's no way you, it's gonna be nasty. I already know that. You could make tuna. Vegan tuna is, is, is easy to make, you know, with, uh, carrots and, uh, nori, nori rolls. You could do that, you know, and I'm not talking about like chunks, like soy chunks. I don't really mess with that stuff. But, um, yeah, when you just taking, uh, something and putting fish flavor, that's gross. Cause there's a part of fish that's kind of gross anyway, but it's just good when you get some good escovese fish 
and it's seasoned properly and you get the, the onions on it and the pimentos and the, you get you a nice scotch bonnet pepper on the side while you're eating your escovish. Mm, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> and, you know, so I know what that tastes like. You know, so I just want to be clear. I'm not one of those vegans. This is like, that stuff nasty. Anyway, now some of it is, but most of it ain't. You know, but you know, and all things are sacrifices. So frying, you know, in particular deep frying, when you start getting into the deep frying and you're frying things with, um, at high temperatures again, you know, that oil begins to oxidize that you're using it. So what happens is it, it creates these, what we call, uh, free radicals, you know, and which are harmful inside of your body. You start bouncing all around, moving all around your body and they cause cancer. And it causes heart disease and a bunch of other health problems, you know. So frying is, is similar to like when you wash your hair too much and you destroy the natural oils in your hair. You know, now you're, you're hustling backwards. So frying is like, you know, you begin to destroy the essential fats, the good fats that are in your food. And those good fats your body needs. You know, you destroy pretty much when you fry stuff, you destroy everything. You destroy vitamin A out of the food you destroy the vitamin e out of the out of the food out of the food and your vitamin a and your vitamin e are the things that protect you from the free radicals that would be cancerous you know and especially what kind of oil you're using determines how this is going to go and how long you're, you're going to fry what you're frying you know um you'll begin to lose certain enzymes that are important certain vitamins that are important certain minerals that are important you know um it's worse than I would say even using a microwave, you know, and kind of radiating your food, right? I don't even get into the microwave thing too much because it's like, just don't use your microwave. Honestly, like, <laughs> you know, um, there's so many things wrong with the microwave that it's just like on a molecular level, you know, when you're using dielectric heating and the energy is absorbed you know, by the food molecules, those food molecules that have, have electric dipoles. And that means that those molecules, when they have the dipoles, they have a negative charge at one end and a positive charge at the, at the other. They're, they're, they're essentially magnets. And that makes the molecules inside the, the microwave with your food, it rotates or kind of uses an, an alter, alter, alternating electrical field like a battery. Your food becomes like batteries, you know, and um, when you're using like regular cooking, you know, or traditional cooking, you're not necessarily changing the molecular structure of your food, but microwaves change the electrical or the molecular structure of your food just to heat them up, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's so much with microwaves. I mean, literally like this. If someone dropped a nuclear bomb... 400 miles from your house. You know the radiation could kill you. Most time you microwave it, it's like you stand in the morning like 5 or 10 feet from the microwave. You're like, oh, don't stand right in front of it. Yeah, it's it's getting you. You know, so um, there is like 5 milliwatts of, of electromagnetic energy coming just 2 inches off of the microwave. Just so you know. You know, um, and then there's this this contamination is bacterial contamination um, because heat the way, when you're cooking food your heat needs to 
travel throughout your food evenly in order to to penetrate it properly to kill any kind of foodborne illnesses and bacteria that might have been um, in there, especially if you're putting it in an environment where there was food cooked previously. And microwave doesn't do that. It doesn't work that way. So I don't know, man. I, I don't microwave. I'm not going to go too, too much on because it's just like, I don't want to assume that you that you know not to use the microwave. I'm not going to assume that. But I am going to say don't use the microwave. And if you want, just let me know. You know, put it in the comments somewhere <laughs> uh, on YouTube, my next YouTube video or whatever. If you want me to get more into electromagnetic diseases, I can do that. You know, because there's, there's a lot of them. Um a lot of us are surrounded, unfortunately, by um, this, you know, environmental toxicities, you know, and especially the electromagnetic sort from your tablets, your phones and, you know, outlets in your house, the coils in your bed, the wires coming from your TV. It's a lot, you know, and I could get in, into that. I don't want to go too often, too far off into that now because that's a whole nother area. But, yeah, so... Leave the microwave alone, man. Just you better off eating it cold. <laughs> you know, I know you love the top ramen. It's so easy. Just put just put some water in it. You don't have to eat it hot. I mean, you shouldn't eat it at all, but you know, you better off because then you get into areas like again, plastics. Right? That's another thing we have to kind of look out for and be wary of. There's a lot of poisoning that can happen from the use of plastics and um, most of the plastics that you use are made from petroleum and it's not it's not um, biodegradable and we use a lot of our plastics in our cooking and those petroleum based chemicals that go into the making of those plastics they leach into your foods they also leach into your your drinks and and things like that, and of course that impacts um, your health. And when the plastic comes into contact with certain oils, um, especially or, or like fatty foods, whether you're heating them or you know the plastic is old, like sometimes you have that old Tupperware and it has scratches in it. Well, that's those scratches are actually dangerous, you know, because there are chemicals that leak out of those scratches, especially when they come in contact with, with hot oils or with fatty foods again. Um, and those toxic chemicals are, they, they come in different forms. You got PVC and styrene and, and, um, polycarbonate. And some are, some are more lethal than others. You know, like you may have seen certain codes, you know, just I'll give you some of the codes off the top do your research uh, when you're looking or when you're looking at a beverage or something that you're holding food in, you might see peat or PP or V or PS or PVC or LDPE or HDPE. And like peat is um, polythylene, uh, tetifophilate, uh, ethylene. And they use a lot of those for like juices, like different juice containers and soda containers, um, your Jiffy peanut butter, your different cleaners you may have in your house, your laundry detergent, and even like your water bottles. A lot of those use that. Then you have like your PS, which is your polystyrene. 
and that's your styrofoam that you get. You know, and you go get your takeout food and stuff, or like if you eat eggs, that's in your egg cartons or different bowls and like your um, uh, plastic forks and plastic spoons and stuff. You have PP, which is polypropylene, and uh, that they use a lot of that. I know in Rubbermaid uses polypropylene. Um, your little containers, like for your yogurt or like if you get like syrup, like you get pancakes and waffles, they use polypropylene. Uh, a lot for that. You have your LDPE and your HDPE. LDPE means low density um, polyethylene. They use those like in bags, like your grocery store bags. And then you have HDP, which is high density um, polyethylene and um, or polyethylene, excuse me. And that's using like your milk cartons. Um, a lot of times in your um, your clear uh, water containers, shampoo. Plastic bags, too. Um, I think I told you about PVC, which is poly polyvinyl chloride. That's using, like, your plastic wrap, um, cooking oils, peanut butter, or detergents, again. It, it's a lot. And, um, of course, using them in the microwave is, like, big, big time bad <laughs> because, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to leach those chemicals into your food. Uh, especially if you're using like cling wrap, you know, your your plastic wrap inside of your microwave. You know, it's always better if you're going to do that, which you shouldn't anyway. But if you are, you want to use wax paper, you know, as opposed to uh, plastic wrap and stuff like that. But um, plastic does so much, man. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of people, they use them for your baby bottles. Um, and if you have like a, a polycarbonate water bottle, uh, you'll be probably leaching BPAs, you know. Um, so you don't want to use your plastic for hot, hot liquids and stuff like that, which a lot of times we do when we're using baby bottles, right? Um, we use polycarbonate baby bottles or, or like they have the sippy cups a lot of times. And, um, sometimes it's better, even if you're going to use it, which you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate that again. You shouldn't. But if you are, try to heat up whatever it is that you want to give to the baby outside of the plastic, then put it in. Um, but babies are rough on their sippy cups and stuff. And once your plastic has any signs of wear, like scratches or it gets cloudy or it's cracked or whatever, it's leaching chemicals once it begins to do that, you know, and it needs to just be thrown out. You know, also, not to mention, those scratches can hold bacteria. So there's so many different things that could happen. And like I spoke about the BPA, with the, which is the bisphenol A. Um, it's a it's a compound that's kind of utilized when they're creating polybicarbonate plastics and like resins, and like your epoxy resins, which we use like in cars for like fiberglass or carbon, carbon fibers and stuff like that. It's poisonous. It's straight poisonous. And... Um, you know, a lot of it is in your, your liner boxes or in your canned foods. They use a lot of BPAs, polybicarbonate. I'm sorry, um, bisphenol A. And uh, infant formula, they use a lot of it. Um, yeah, just your soup cans, things like that. And it's it's been led it, it, to so many different issues and health problems, like development issues, behavioral issues, um uh, decrease in fertility and, and maternal cognitive behavior, 
Um, we're like mothers stop acting like mothers, basically. Um, there's a lot of sociosexual behaviors, uh, Down syndrome, uh, ovarian cancer, reduced sperm count. Uh, it messes with your brain chemistry. Um, and a lot of times it's, it could, it could go from that, from drastic to mild, you know, in, ter in terms of that. And it definitely will alter your hormonal balance because, um, as far as like in males, there's an increasing of, of risk of prostate cancer, women in breast and ovarian cancer. And those imbalances lead to a disruption of your normal hormonal processes. Um, in particular, those that are related to your sexuality. Now, there are people who will tell you, like, well, plastic is turning the children gay. It, no, not necessarily. Like, it's not going to make you gay, if, if you will. But your BPAs are estrogenic or estrogenic, excuse me. And that means that there's a lot of female sex hormone in them. And that has some detrimental effects on, like, fetuses and and children and infants, infants because of the unnatural sort of hormonal imbalances that it introduces into the into the brain, um, and it doesn't take long, like for the for for your BPAs to kind of bond with with your own DNA, if you will. So, um, get your glass jars. <laughs> you know, like a lot of times you get your. Um, ragu or whatever different tomato things your mayonnaise jars and stuff like that keep those things you could use the glass jars to get rid of the plastic ones you know uh you you get instead of getting like a lot of the canned stuff get frozen stuff like your frozen vegetables and fruits and stuff like that um you know and just check some of them will tell you like non-bpa you know, you, you want to look for things like that. Or there's other chemicals like um, uh, non-phylanol, non-phylanol exoxylates, exoxylates. And you want to look for those as well. Usually find those in like a lot of cosmetic products, stuff like that. So there, there are there are so many toxins sometimes in the home because of what we have been tricked to accept. You know, it goes back to what I was speaking about in the very beginning. And I could give you probably a list of three, four hundred things that are sitting right in front of you. But I don't I don't want to send you into a frantic worry. And, you know, because we have this thing that's called chronic toxicity. And that's just it speaks about the regular exposure that we all have to hazardous substances, you know, whether it be fluorescent lights You've probably all heard me talk about that a lot, how that leads to different behavioral issues in children, but they use them in school, you know. Um, but even things like aluminum, you know, and like just a small amount of aluminum in the brain will destroy you. You kill somebody with that. But aluminum toxicity, that that is directly linked to Alzheimer's disease, you know, colic, rickets, uh, gastro, uh, gastrointestinal issues. Um, headaches, uh, anemia, like just from liver. Um, it messes with your kidney and your liver function. Um, speech issues, uh, memory loss. It messes with your bones. It softens your bones. Aluminum, you know. So you think about, do I have aluminum pots and pans? I know on the continent, aluminum pots and pans are big. In fact, I might even have a couple 
in my spot. Um, and that's just because of the sisters. I always tell them don't buy that crap. <laughs> but they go to market sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, they'd be like, oh, Baba, Baba, you need a new this. Uh, Baba, your spoon is broken. And I'll be like, all right, get this kind, get that. And, you know, sometimes they don't understand, like, don't bring back them big, I know everybody uses these, those big aluminum pots. Don't make my food in those aluminum pots, you know. And I know when you cook it outside, it's because we, we, I mean, I, I have um, a couple of my spots, I have kitchens, but, um, yeah, it's just nicer to cook outside. Most people, they use a cold, like I have also cold pots where we could cook outside in the yard and stuff like that. But, and most people just go for the aluminum, but, man. It causes so many issues so quickly. You know, I'm a cast iron man. <laughs> yeah, I love my cast iron man. Like I, yeah, but the, so the, the aluminum, depending on where you're at, you know, that, that becomes like kind of a, a main, a mainstay, you know, um, so many things that we have in the house that are, you know, arsenic, you know, the poison of arsenic is all in them, you know, um, the, your deck. There's different different things that we put on wood to treat the wood, you know, so that the termites don't touch it, so that um, when it rains or, this, you know, it, we use, like, pressure-treated decking and stuff like that. That's full of what we call uh, CCAs or chromated copper arsenic. You know, that causes cancer. I mean, it's arsenic. It kills you, so, you know. Um, especially a lot of your older homes your older structures that have those those chemicals kind of leach off and some of them you have them in the playgrounds that's why a lot of times they'll knock down the playgrounds put up new ones made of plastic <laughs> so you know out of the, out of the fryer into the frying pan or out of the whatever they call it the fire into the frying pan whatever um those old ghetto playgrounds you know you gotta be careful because you know children lick stuff they put stuff in their mouths too so, you know, you got to be careful with that stuff. Then you have, like, asbestos a lot of times people have in their building, which those fibers, you know, clearly they lead to, to lung cancer. Um, shoot, I mean, um, so much in the house, I'm thinking carbon monoxide, right? A lot of us have low levels, and that causes a lot of fatigue. If you find yourself chronically fatigued, or you got a lot of chest pains, you know, and you could just get a carbon monoxide monitor. They're not much. They're cheap and just put up and see what's going on in your house um some of us have a lot of chromium six you'll find that in the drinking water or again um different woods pressure treated woods you know certain flame retardants are cancerous you know they have a lot of uh, polybrominated uh diphenol ether which they call pbde um you got to be careful of those you'll find those around a lot of different electronic components fluoride that's a whole nother the whole show on fluoride uh, lead radon, you know, that's something I remember years ago, I was starting a, a childhood development center and, um, this, this is a little tip for anybody ever. It, it depends on the state you're in too. So actually, so it might be a tip, may not be a tip, but you know, you have family care centers and then you have childhood development centers and they're, they're different classifications depending on what state you're in. And it really, it just comes down to how many children you have. Like if you have over a certain amount, it's this, and that's, that's all it really is. But because of the amount of children that I already had, um, I went into a certain classification, even though I wasn't already saying, look, I'm already running one. But um, I was trying to make it legal 
which I decided not to for certain reasons or not legal, but certified by the state. But I only was doing that so that I could accept Section 8 vouchers, you know, which would just help out some of the parents. But um, they were like, oh, you got to have your ground tested for radon. I'm like, all right. And he's like, yeah, that's about $10,000. Like 10000 What? 10 racks? <laughs> we all right. <laughs> you know, I, nobody's sick. We've been there, you know. And I, I started to see like, okay, well, it probably is wiser to buy out another center somewhere else because they would have already done all these. And that's just one test. They would have already done all these, uh, these different tests. The other, the other hack is to run your center out of a church. You know, um, you can run it during the, especially if a childcare center, you run it during the day. A church may have a basement or something like that or an extra carriage house. You can run your center there. You don't have to do all the testing and stuff. So, um, but the radon is a, is a big one, you know, and it's different. There's different levels that are considered acceptable. Teflon, you know, is one that a lot of times we have in our house. You, you'll find that in like your dental floss has Teflon. Um, of course, your cookware, those non-cooked plant pans you like to use and stuff like that. And they leach off, especially when they get to high temperatures, they emit, um, certain carcinogenic gases and, and, uh, pollutants that are lethal, lethal, even at like very low doses. They affect, um, blood, blood composition and fertility. Um, then you got like VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds, like, um, and I, you got those in carpets, you know, those in carpets. I'm, I'm laughing because, um, I remember I was running some of these things down to a couple once and the sister was like, how do you know all these different things on top of your head? I was like, I got children, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, when I had my very first child, I would, man, I was so paranoid. Oh my God. Like I, I'm talking about not just the things that were in the house at the time um but even like money everything i was like yo i need this much in sitting i need this much in gold i need this much in silver i need you know for one little baby but i went berserk i was you know like man i, I remember i repainted the whole house <laughs> just because i was like get fresh coat of paint you know, and I, like huge house, you know, I repainted the whole house, got new, ve not new vehicles. We got other vehicles and, um, I mean, I did a bunch of stuff and I'm thinking about it, you know, but all of this, like, yeah, we got to get all this, all this metal out the house and, and, you know, copper, copper in the corners. And, you know, like I was doing a whole lot of stuff and pretty much creating, um, an, uh, an intentional, sort of electrical guild, uh, uh, electrical grid, excuse me, or like a Faraday cage. You know, break that down in one day. But inside of the house, I, I got real, you know, I ripped the carpets out and, you know, cause a lot of carpets again had those VOCs, the paints, a lot of your household cleaners have VOCs, you know, so I was back on the, the, the lemon juice and baking soda for cleaning. You know, we don't need nothing with really. the strongest thing we need is hydrogen peroxide. Anything stronger than that is something wrong, you know. Um, went like real extra with it, you know, but you have your, v those VOCs inside of like, um, the vinyl inside of your car, you know, like those who have cars, you know, like your, your gear shift, your dashboard and stuff like that. You'll have those volatile organic compounds, you know, and they do, especially cause they sit in the heat and they, they emit toxic chemicals. So 
that chronic toxicity is, you know, a lot of us are surrounded by it. And like I said, even just chlorine in the water, you know, we use chlorine to disinfect a lot of things, but um, it, it, it causes issues with your skin and um, your hair and it strips you of your oils, the fluoride, of course, fluoride is, it stunts growth. It can change your, your cognitive and your emotional behavior. Uh, it constipates you. It slows down your reflexes. It's, it's associated with low blood pressure, fluid retention. I mean, man, decrease intelligence of your offspring. Like if you're pregnant, yeah, I, I could just go off on the, the fluoride, you know, and then you have things like ammonium, um, pec, what is it? ammonium pet, pet chlorate. I may have pronounced that one wrong. Ammonium pet chlorate. That's basically rocket fuel. Or it's, it's the oxid, oxidant that's inside of rocket fuel. But a lot of times that's in water, you know, and, um, that messes with your thyroid hormones which you need for proper brain development and for proper growth of your fetus and things like that. So these things like will effectively, I mean, excuse me, directly affect children, you know. Um, I didn't even get into sewage. <laughs> A lot of times we got sewage in our, in our water. We got parasites, you know. Um, that's a whole nother thing, right? Um, and again, I'm not trying to create this scare from chronic toxicity that a lot of us suffer from, but having that conversation with the young lady earlier and about fat phobias and stuff like that. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking about some of the things that we accept, some of the, the toxic ways that we accept in terms of like our living and some of the alternatives that we are too afraid to explore, which I'm going to get into at another time, you know, but um when you hear me talk about things like, yeah, get out of the cities, get off the grid, get onto natural land. And it's like, I, I can't do that. I need my air conditioning. I need my this, I need my that. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I do. I need my hot shower. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you know, but some of the things that are have become our creature comfort, we're just so unaware of how sick they're making us. You know, that that's something to give some thought to those things that we, we love this, our car and, you know, they put all these vinyl in car cars are so cheap now, fiberglass and vinyl, you know, sometimes you don't realize that old pathfinder, that old cherry, not the pathfinder so much, but that old forerunner, that old Cherokee, that's what you want, but it doesn't have the end dash display and get the old one. Trust me, easy to work on. They're built like tanks, you know, and they don't have all that plastic inside of them. That's what you want. Yeah, but it doesn't look as it. Yeah, I know, but who, who are you trying to impress? And who you think's going to be impressed? Ain't nobody paying no attention to you. <laughs> and if they're impressed by that, you know, it's like Will Smith's mother said, you know, then they're really not your friends. <laughs> you know. Fresh Prince, brother. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to share that. You know, I didn't even get into, like, different pharmaceuticals that, um, it's a whole list <laughs> that I could think of at the top of my head. You know, atinol and atrazine and 
carbamazepine and estrone and fentoin, TCEP, um, trimethroprene. There's a lot that will mess you up. Something terrible. Something terrible. You know, I'm I'm so thankful to the most high creator that I don't have any anything. <laughs> I don't have any ailments. Anything that I have going on can be usually resolved with a fast or a well crafted tea, <laughs> you know, or just go lay your behind down. You you're fatigued. Go rest a little bit. You'll be better when you wake up. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, um I don't I'm not tethered to any of these disease-causing chemicals that you may find in these different quote-unquote medicines. I'm not tethered to a microwave or gotta have my barbecue, barbecue, I love my fried chicken, you know, or anything like that. Um, and, and again, no disrespect to anyone who is, um, but, and this information may mean nothing to you. You might be like, hey, we all gonna die, and all right, cool. You, you, that's the beauty of it. We choose how we want to die. We choose how we want to live. Bottom line. But you want to be equipped, I would say, with information so you can make that choice intelligently. You know, and you may still decide, like, I don't care. <laughs> cool. That, that is what it is. There's some things I do that are not the safest, but I'm going to keep doing them. I'm going to keep riding motorcycles. You know, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. And there's so many health risks that are associated with riding motorcycles. I know that I've been riding since I was, I started riding when I was nine. I've been riding motorcycles since I was nine years old. And I have, I've, I've fallen. I've fallen on a bike before I knew how to ride. I fell with my father on the back of his bike, him and my older brother. He used to ride us to school and we slid under a, a, a semi truck, you know, on the way to school, you know, <laughs> I think he's coming back from school. But yeah, but he, he was some real like daredevil, evil Knievel stuff. We was about to, someone cut us off and we was about to run right into head first into the side of a truck and he laid the bike down to the side and we slid under it, got back up. The bike was still running and rode all. I mean, the chrome was scratched on the side and stuff like this. This is back in the days. Like this is. Yeah, this is, this was, I, I want to say maybe the 70s when this happened. You know what I mean? Um, bikes were different. <laughs> it was metal. They didn't have, you know, this is, this wasn't a, what we call that, the, well, I ain't gonna say what's called derogative, but the sports bike, you know, and, um, what was the sports bike for his era? But, you know, fell, came home, all messed up. Mother went off. <laughs> what you do to my babies? <laughs> I remember he was like, "Are they alright?" <laughs> and he went down, down to go check on the bike. Like he putting his bike back together. He's like, "Are they be alright?" <laughs> you know, that wasn't the last time. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna keep riding. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you you make those choices, but you can make them intelligently like this is how I'm going to go or, or, or whatever. So I just wanted to share some of that with you all. And I know it was, it was a longer segment than our, some of our recent ones. And I shortened it because trust me, 
trust me, there's a lot I, I could speak about. I didn't even get into what we call environmental racism. You know, the things that some of us are exposed to, like the lead poisoning that are, or things like tropical fantasy, you know, drinks like that, that are like kind of more centered in, in where certain people live, you know, or what it's like bringing a baby forth in the hood, you know, which is a different kind of experience or prenatal nourishment, things like that, you know, like this, there's a lot I could have kind of got into, you know, um, C-sections, you know, cat litter, how that affects children, you know, but anyway, this has been the Chief You Y'all Podcast. I want to thank you for riding out for those who listened this long. Willfully, I gave you some things to think about that you can maybe start to, um, you know, work on, you know, as far as like uh, removing them. And I, I'll, I can get into some of this a little deeper. Like I said, if, if, if it's if it's so desired, you know, feel free to comment on my social media. Um, I'm not on Chief You Y'all that much. I'm not on any of them that much, to be honest. But, um, and hey, two things I want to say: a little housekeeping, a little housekeeping, sorta. I want to send out. Um, I I don't know if it's an apology, but so some of you know that my Instagram has been blocked for like like two years now, right? They just started opening up more. I heard. I don't know if it's true, but I haven't tested it that you can now tag me. You know, now for some reason you can tag my name. Before they wouldn't let you. They wouldn't allow you to post with my name in it. However, I am now receiving a bunch of old messages that were in my inbox. Some of them are like 72 weeks old, 80 weeks old that they Instagram held back. So I want to send some apologies. Um, I have stuff that's like one. I got to get back to this guy. One of our, our, our new members, his wife was throwing a surprise party for him and stuff and was like, yeah, I don't have your number, but it's the only way I can contact you. I'm sorry. I didn't even, I just saw it literally like two days ago. And that was like, and the, the, the date on the, the time to 72 weeks old, you know, so I got a bunch of old messages that are now coming through now. I guess my block is clearing up or whatever. I don't know. Um, so I wanted to just put that out there. Um, May not mean anything to you. Some of y'all just might just be like, well, I guess you ignore my, my, and I might have done that too. But uh, <laughs> some of you didn't get ignored. I just never got the messages. And I'm sure there's probably more that, cause there's a lot. Like I haven't even gone through all of them. I don't even know if I will. There's, there's a lot that are popping up now. Um, unread messages from Instagram. So that's one thing. And, um, I don't remember the other thing. So anyway, <laughs> it was another thing, but I forgot it already. So shoot, man, I need to look at what kind of plastic I got around me, something messing, fogging out my mind. But, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there as far as the IG thing, man. Um, anybody who's contacted me there, yeah, I, pfft, sorry about that. You know, I think I'm getting my stuff now, I think, but I thought I was getting it before. Right. So yeah, that is what it is. Um, also, there have been people who've asked me about um, doing interviews and stuff like that on different podcasts. That won't be again to next year. I'm technically on sabbatical this year, so I'm kind of taking it a little different. And I'm just kind of going a little bit more inward and preserving my energy a bit. 
So I won't be doing any, um, I mean, we could set up a schedule. I could put you on to my assistant, you know, teams, or I'm sorry, team at, at, uh, OsirisLife.com, or I, I'm sorry, I give you the wrong email. Team at ChiefYuya.com. Team at ChiefYuya.com. That goes to my assistants and they can figure out, you know, like work out your schedule with them. <laughs> they pretty much, um, control my, well, there's one, there's two pretty much work my calendar, one in particular, but, um, they'll let you know when, if it's next year. Cause I also travel a lot. So, um, they know my travel schedule and stuff like that, but yeah, I won't be doing anything like that, uh, this year. So willfully, you don't mind scheduling further out, <laughs> you know, to 2023. Um, and it'd be better anyway, you know, trust me, it'd be, it'd be better. So, yeah, I wanted to put that out there for people who've been asking. For people who've been asking about applying with Anu, you just go to anulifeglobal.org. That's all. And then you'll, you should be able to navigate your way over to the join screen from there and, and, and go through it. You know, um, I know there's been like some questions like, I noticed you're not as active here and here. Yeah, I'm, I'm focused. You know, I think I shared that maybe a couple of years ago when I shut down Chief Speaks. I'm focusing more on my membership now. You know, those who really want this level of teaching and understanding and life change, come on in. And those who don't, I know you just pick what you want from outside. That's that's on you. You know, that's cool, too. But uh, I have to kind of direct my energy so I'm not spread so thin. You know, so, yeah, I'm not as accessible. Don't want to be as accessible. Uh, that even goes to um, consultations. I've gotten some messages People have found me on WhatsApp and I've asked about getting a consultation. It's always going to be askosiris.com and you're going to find that, yeah, this year you can't get any consultations. It's all 2023. You can book in advance if you like. That's up to you. But, um, no, there'll be no consultations this year. We, we over halfway through it anyway. So come on. <laughs> this is a few more months. Chill out. But yeah, there's been a lot of inquiries as far as that. And I understand that not everybody follows the podcast and stuff. So they may be like, I didn't know you was on sabbatical. I, I, I totally get it. That's cool. That goes for the coaching too. I've had people inquiring about the coaching. Definitely not taking on any new coaching clients into next year. Definitely not taking on into any new coaching clients next year. However, if you want to, um, send an email again to teams or team at chiefuya.com. They can um, get you situated so that way when the year comes around, because I only took a certain I only take a certain amount of clients um, at at a time anyway. Just so you know, like so, um, because it's easy to burn out when you're coaching people, you know. So I try not to. I try to be, yeah, as full as en- full of energy as I can be with each person. So I'm not a person that takes on like ten clients at a clip or whatever like that. I, I take on a certain amount of a set amount of people that I that I'm willing to speak to um every strong and every month. And I'm not gonna tell you that number because <laughs> it's not very it's it's not it's not a big number. Um I used to do way more. I used to do a lot of readings and I used to do a lot of coaching. And um you know things kind of go in ebb and flow. I had the energy and the desire to do that. And right now my energy is, is not as, as high 
and I'm I'm more into no not not as high high for that. I'm more into really working more intensely with people. Because before when I was doing that, I found that a lot of people would book sessions with me just to get a fix. You know, because I'd be like, okay, well, all right, let's see where we're at. We, we talked about this last time. Did you work on this work? Nah, I didn't do it. Nah, I didn't do that. I didn't do it. So why are we talking again? You just want an energy fix. And that's not, I'm not into that. I don't care if you're paying me or not. I'm not, you know, um, I don't want to do that. You know, the whole, one of the whole points of me being an entrepreneur and, and, and being financially free is that I, I don't do what I don't want to do. <laughs> you know, not, not to sound like, like a, like a brat or anything like that, but yeah, if I don't want to do it, I ain't doing it. You know, so I'm not going to take your money for you to feed off of me. You know, I need to see some progress, man. You need to be, I grind. So I need to know you, you, you ready to grind, even if it's just for three months. You better keep up. You know, you better grind like I grind. I'm not dragging you. I'm not none of that. So um that's why I cut down um the amount of people I was seeing so that way I could really make sure that nothing slipped through the cracks at all and I could really give more concentrated energy and time per person. So yeah, I don't see it as many people as I used to. And I know people were kind of talking about that. Like, I couldn't get an appointment with you. I can't get an appointment. Yeah. You know, 20, what was it? 20, what are we in? 2020. So 2021 was the last time I was seeing people. 2022, obviously I took off. And yeah, my calendar stays pretty packed. It stays pretty packed as far as people requesting consultations, as far as, as far as people requesting coaching. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm not complaining. You could have worse problems, <laughs> you know. So I'm very thankful that people, um, have appreciated what I've been able to do in their lives and help them with psychologically, emotionally, financially, you know, spiritually. But at the same time, man, I am not a robot. So yeah, I, I, I need to recharge too, you know, so that way I can continue to bring that level of quality. So just to put that out there, man, you know, people have been asking 2023, if you want to get on the list early, it's up to you. If not, you know, if, you, if you're cool with waiting to, that that's cool too, you know. Um, but yeah, you would send your message to team at chiefuyad.com. Now don't don't contact my team about book orders and things like that. Because sometimes what happens when people find anywhere to type, they just type anything. Don't do that. Because <laughs> don't do that. You know, and when I say my team, I don't want you to think I'm talking about my children. All right. So I know sometimes people, you know, people sell stuff and I'm not, not stab, don't any jabs anybody, but like people be selling stuff online. They'd be like, yeah, we're a great company. We, and it's really just them and their children or their husband or something like this ain't that. Like my team is, I actually paid assistance. I pay people. I have people on payroll, money, pay, <laughs> you know, so when you be emailing d d dumb stuff, <laughs> I still got to pay for that. You know what I mean? Like you're still taking up people's time. Like that, that costs me money. I've had people do that before. Like, um, oh God. Yeah. I'm thinking about it, man. Contacting my assistants asking for dream interpretations. Like what's wrong with you? Like, oh man, TK Kirkland said, who raised you? You can't, don't do that. You, you know, I had someone before asking what's the best oil to buy for protection. Like they don't know that. They don't, that, that's not what they do for me. These, I don't have a, like a team of virtual 
warlocks. The, I have a team of assistants <laughs> and they, they schedule things for me and they research things for me when I'm, you know, getting ready to go somewhere and do a lecture on something and they, you know, and they, they research the best tickets, prices for me to go and, you know, they don't know what you're dreaming. So don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you wasting my money. So. Yeah, just, just to put that out there. So you got an email address you could use if, you know, again, if it's about coaching or anything like that. Um, yeah, and they, they'll, they'll get some answers for you. And just to put it out there too, for any kind of customer support with, um, Sedulo House, the email is ndezi at sedulohouse.com. N-D-E-Z-I at S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E dot com because we've also have instances where people will just go into a YouTube video, any YouTube video, random video. Oh, I signed up for a course and I don't see where to log in. Even though it says log in right at the top, but I don't see where it says log in right at the top. Don't put that on a YouTube video. <laughs> like, come on, man. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's just put it out there while, while I'm here doing a little housekeeping. But yeah, so that, that has been our segment, man. Um, thank you so much for riding for the amount of time and willfully, like I said, it gave you some things to think about in terms of, um, your own health and things that you may have around home right now that you may want to address and, um, different, you know, um, replacements, which we can get into. If you want some more solutions and stuff, we can get into that. I could do another segment on that, you know, uh, as far as like, what do I, do I get rid of all this plastic when we use, well, obviously glass, but you know, there's other things, obviously, you know, you telling me don't drive my car, should I just, you know, ride a bike, you know, so there's different things you could do and, you know, learning how to flush your system out or, you know, I shouldn't barbecue. Well, probably not, but there's ways to barbecue too. I, I love the smell of a good barbecue. I love the smell of barbecue. I ain't eating none of that crap. But I like smelling it. It just, it's just, you know, it's kind of like when people see Christmas lights, I guess. It's just a warm feeling. Like, oh, it's Christmas season. You know, barbecues is, you know, just usually means good time. Dominoes, you know what I mean? Lots of jokes, good music. So I get it, you know. Um, but there, there are safer ways that we can go about because some of the things, some of these things that we were introduced to, we were introduced to them so that they would kill us off. And we have to be real about that. All right. So, yeah, man, I just wanted to uh, share that with you all. And, you know, like I said, willfully, you got some things you could think about and build on top of. All right. So this has been Chief Yuya, Chief Yuya podcast. And uh, this was episode 66, untitled. I don't know what I'm calling it yet. But <laughs> as I just call it, episode 66, we'll work it out later. All right, everyone. Be well. Be safe. Peace.